I can remember growing up watching my family struggle uh, financially and with their health and everything else. And that created fear in me when I was younger because when I was young and I saw that going on, I would say to myself that, you know, I didn't find much security in life in that. And I watched my parents and all those around me as they struggled. They were always happy and at peace. They never knew what tomorrow was going to bring, if they were going to have enough. But somehow they knew they were going to have what they needed. And as I get older, it's not much different. Rebecca's getting ready to start college, and, you know, if I looked at my account today, I would say, surely I don't have enough to cover the cost. And sometimes we think that we need everything right here in the very moment to take care of everything that's coming further down the road. And we think that, that if we don't have it right here, right then, then, then we're not going to have it and we're not going to make it. But that train of thought is the opposite of what God teaches. As children of God, we walk by faith and not by sight. I titled today's message, I Just Don't Know, for that very reason. When I was putting everything together this week and I was making up the email to send to Susan so that she could put the board together, I had everything in place, but I couldn't come up with a title. And I just kept telling myself, I just don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't know what to title. And I don't even know what the context of the message is. I have the scripture, but that was all that God was giving me. So I went with just that. I just don't know. But what I do know is what God has given me in the moment. And by faith, I know that he will provide the rest for me as the time comes that I need it. So now that I have a scripture, I don't have a body, I guess you would say, for you. So just like many of us have learned to trusting God for provision throughout our days. I think it's my task to trust in God to provide today for what I need to do my job. That being said, our passage of Scripture is this. It comes from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 27, verse 36. So truly I tell you, someone Or some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of light. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in a glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. 
And while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you and thank you for the time that you've given us today. And Father, I just ask that you give us open hearts and open ears to to hear a word and experience your presence. Take from me, Father God, any desire to speak my own will, but fill me with your spirit, that every word I speak will be pleasing to you and coming from your throne. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Willene doesn't know that I'm going to share this with you. I just really happened to think about it. But a few weeks ago, well, several weeks ago, Willene was uh, getting on to me because I didn't have a passage of Scripture for February 20th. We had the Scriptures for every week prior to that and and a week or two after that. But for February 20th, I did not have a passage of Scripture, and she wanted to get the song nailed down for that particular service. And this... One day I was coming into work. I dropped Isabel off in Savannah and was coming into the office. And I was even struggling with it at that point. Well, Willie's coming up here, God, and, and, and she needs this passage of Scripture, but, but I don't have it. I have no idea what February 20th is about. And I just felt God really speak to me. And he just really said, there's a reason that I haven't revealed that to you. So Willene came up to the office, and she was ready to, to get the passage of Scripture, and, and I didn't have it. And I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home this week, and I want you to pray, and I want you to listen to what God has to say to you, and you come back to me next week with the song. And she had her pen and paper in hand, and she was getting ready to write down, and she said, okay, well, what's the passage? I said, I'm not going to tell you. Listen to God, and let him guide you. So the next week when we came back in, I was expecting willing to, to show up with, with one song and she got there and she didn't have it and I still wouldn't give her a passage of scripture while I was just had been sitting there reading my Bible and got the passage myself at that time. So I said, not going to give it to you to give me a song. And not only did she give me one song, but she gave me every song for the entire service just sitting there. And every song that she selected went with the passage of scripture that I just read. You see, we... We look sometimes at our responsibilities and think that it's up to us to determine what's going to happen tomorrow. We think that it's up to us to provide today, to make sure that everything's in place. But what we have to learn is this. God will provide what he wants, when he wants, when we need that's how our faith grows. And I think that's what today's concept is about. Learning to let go of our own understanding of things and our own readiness and learning to trust in God to the supply when He's ready. 
So the passage of Scripture starts out that something amazing is happening. See, Jesus has gathered with his disciples, and he was telling them all the things that, that he was going to experience. And one of the things he told them that's coming is this. I am getting ready to die. I am going to Jerusalem, and they are going to put me on a cross, and I am going to die. And they had a hard time understanding why that had to happen. And I'm not sure that it ever really came clear to them until after the resurrection. But after he told them that, that's when he took them to the mountain. And Luke says that it's like some eight days later. And while he's up there, he's taking them up there to pray. He says something important or something important happens to him. And I think that it happens to us sometimes too when we enter our prayer closets, when we isolate ourselves from the doubts and fears of the world and just get one-on-one with God. Luke says that while Jesus was, Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became bright as a flash of light. And I think about that, or I, I picture that happening, how, how they're up on this mountainside in his earthly form. And he goes to, to the Father and he kneels and he begins to pray and his countenance changed. And what was happening in the physical world was this, was that he was leaving behind for just a moment the, the, the physical body, the, the worldly body that he had taken on when he left glory. And in that moment of time, his true likeness was beginning to come out. The glorified Christ. The one that, that doesn't carry the same hurts and pains and sorrows as the earthly body. The one who was with the Father when he spoke into existence the very world that we live in. Now, I can't say for you, but, but sometimes when I go into my prayer closet, where, wherever that is, when I'm isolated away from the rest of the world and it's just me and God, I tend to, to transform within my mind and within my spirit. I let go for that moment of time of, of everything that I'm worried about, and I just cast it upon God. And something happens with inside me. All the, the fear and concern that I have for today or, or tomorrow seems to disappear. It's like a transformation takes place inside me. And I think that happens because in that time we let God do what the Holy Spirit says that he's going to do. That I've come to comfort and to heal. Now comfort and healing didn't take my responsibilities away, but, but what it does in that moment of prayer is this, that it, that it elevates my spirit to, to a realm outside of my earthly knowledge. In that moment, I can look down and say that, you know what, whatever's happening and whatever's going on, I know I can't stop it, I can't control it, I can you know, change the way I respond to it. But life goes on. But in that time, there's a comfort and peace that I only experience then. But what do I do when, when that prayer time is over? 
I don't let the glory of God shine through much like most people. Once that time's over and I step back into what we refer to as the real world, I take those burdens and responsibilities back upon myself. And you know, and I don't think that that's how God intended it. I think that he intended it for, for it to be like it is in our prayer time. Because you see, in our prayer time, we're trusting God with everything. We're telling him our heart's desires. We are telling him everything that we think everything we feel, everything we fear, and everything we hope for. And in that time, we feel comfort, we feel peace, and we feel knowledge. But when we walk out of that prayer time, what we do is we leave all that good stuff behind. We choose as a people how we're going to respond to life circumstances. And if we can find confidence in the presence of God in our prayer time, then we should find confidence in what God has called us to do when we leave that prayer time. It's kind of like this in, in a military concept, the military idea. The, the, the troops get together and they're called into the briefing room and the general comes out and he says, all right, guys, this is what's going on. This is our mission. You're all pumped up. We're pumped up. We're going to go out and do it. And in that meeting that we have with all of our peers and our leaders, we feel confidence. We're ready to take on the world. And when we walk out of that room, we are responsible for carrying that same motivation with us, that same trust that we have in, in our fellow man, the same trust that we have in those who are guiding us and leading us. And we put on that armor, as we call it, of strength and power and hope and confidence and walk out and take care of the mission that God calls us to. And when we leave that prayer room, we need to do that same thing. Because, you see, the confidence that we have when we're experiencing God in prayer is the same confidence that we need to carry out into the real world. I can look at my circumstance and my situations, and I can say, I don't have everything I need to fulfill the vision, to fulfill the hope, to do what God has called me to do. I have enough money today to feed my kids for now, but I don't know about tomorrow. I have enough resources today to motivate somebody for the moment, but I don't know about tomorrow. If you have it now, you will have it then. And if we carry that confidence with us in our walk, we will not only improve the quality of our life, but we will give hope and inspiration to others who are lacking. They depend upon us to pump them up, so to speak. When we interact with God, he doesn't want it to be for just that moment. He wants it to be for a lifetime. That's how we accomplish things. Faith is something we choose. We choose to exercise. We choose to show. And we choose to put into action that's the first thing that, that I think Luke was telling us here. And then I think he moved on to, to tell us something else important here of the experience that Jesus was, was having on the mountain. He said that, that two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which was about to bring fulfillment at Jerusalem. 
Now, at first looking at that, I don't really know what to think because, you know, Jesus just took Peter and John and James to the mountain. Jesus is praying. He, he's transformed into, into his glorious being. And then two people from history step out of nowhere into the material world, Moses and Elijah. And they didn't just step out in their earthly form. They appeared in glorious splendor, which means that wherever it was that they had gone when they left this world, something changed in their bodies. They were no longer broken and frail, but changed into mightier men and mightier warriors than they were in the beginning. And I think that that, that change that, that they experienced when they transitioned from this world to the other world is what we as Methodists refer to as glorifying grace. It's when God is working in our hearts and minds in this world to change us into who it is we are to become in eternity. See, we're not just waiting for Jesus to come back. We're experiencing God and growing in knowledge and understanding and in faith. And in doing so, it changes our demeanor. But I think what's important about these two men being mentioned is this. Because see, any of our forefathers could have been the ones who joined Christ here. It could have been David and Moses. It could have been Elisha instead of Elijah. It could have been Joseph or even one of his many brothers. But for some reason, God chose to send Moses and Elijah. No one knows for sure why, but many speculate. And I stand with those who who speculate on this concept that Moses and Elijah were sent to remind Christ of why he was there. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees. I did not come to change the law. I came to fulfill it. He wasn't here to change the law or to take away from what the prophet said. You see, Moses is the one that God used to bring the law into our world. And it was Elijah the prophet who who was the mighty warrior in my eyes who stood in the face of adversity even to the point of ridicule and depression to do what it was God called him to do. And I think that when you take these two men and and put it into context of what's going on there, you will understand a little bit more about why. Because you see, they said that they spoke to Jesus about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Meaning they were talking to Jesus about what he was going to encounter. They're they're talking to Jesus about this. Jesus, you're getting ready to do something that, that you probably haven't experienced before. You're going to be facing death for the sake of your father, 
for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of all humanity. And I think there's an important lesson there for us. And that's this. That even the most strong and the most mighty and the most wise and the most powerful must never rely solely upon themselves. That it's okay to say, you know what, I I, I need a little pick-me-up. I need somebody to to understand, to to talk or move me along just a little bit further to, to ensure that I stay motivated about the mission that I have before me. Or sometimes just to say, I know what you're getting ready to experience. You may not have experienced it before, but I have. Let me comfort you. I can't change your path, but I can help you along the way. So many things in this one passage that we can learn about Christ and his experience here on earth. And then we move away from Christ's experience at that time and start looking at what happens to mere mortal men. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. And I found that passage of Scripture to be unbelievable. Really and truly do, because here's why. You have Jesus on this mountainside praying, being transformed into a glorified body, two members of my history, Moses and Elijah, suddenly appear out of nowhere in their glorified form. And what does the Scripture say that the disciples are doing? They were very sleepy. They were dozing off. Maybe they weren't fully asleep, but they weren't fully awake. It says so. I just I, I find it hard that, that in the presence of God, something that magnificent happening in life, right there in front of me, that I am sleepy. But maybe they're physical manifestations speaks to us about our spiritual life. How many times in life has God performed a miracle in front of us and yet we didn't recognize it? How many times in life did God make provision for us and and yet we, we think God had something to do with that but we're not really sure? Maybe it's because spiritually we were still pretty sleepy. But when we have a spiritual awakening, when we start to take in the the fullness of what God does in our lives and, and the things that he's provided for us throughout the time that we've experienced here on earth, we become more awakened to what God is doing and what God has done. 
And when we become more fully awake, we come, become more driven about what it is that he has called us to do. See, this is what happens many times in our walk. God calls us to do something. To love a wife or to love a husband. To have children. To work in your community. To take a step of faith and, and move away from family and friends. To start life anew. We enter those calls with skepticism. We won't be, wouldn't be human if we didn't, but, but there comes a time in, in our walk when what we have to do is this. We have to decide. We have to make a decision on who we are, who we're going to believe, and what we're going to do. We can't straddle the fence our entire lives. We have to decide that today I am going to decide that what I have heard my father call me to, I am going to stand on. I don't care what the circumstances look like. He has provided for me today. He will provide for me tomorrow in some form or fashion. And I'm going to take that stand and I'm going to take on myself everything that I have learned from God. That when I go into my prayer room, now that I have decided fully, I am going to follow God's command. That I am going to walk with the authority that God has promised me. That I am going to change my countenance, not by my own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I am going to let the Holy Spirit drive fear and doubt out of my heart, out of my mind, and move into my tomorrow today. And I'm going to choose not to do it with fear. And I think that when we do that, we become fully awake to what God has for us, and we start living life new and fresh because we stop looking at circumstance. We stop looking at what we don't have and start appreciation, appreciating what we do have. But more so than that, we build a confidence in our relationship with God and His willingness and ability to work in our lives to change us, to use us. And to have us fulfill His will in the world in which we live. I think that's the message that God would have for us today. When I got married, there was no guarantee that we would make it. None. I just came off active duty and took one of the lowest paying jobs that I ever had. But I knew to whom it was God gave me to love. And I'm not telling you that every day we had everything that we wanted. 
but we had everything we needed. There were difficulties, which there will be. And there were struggles, which they will continue to have. But not once on our journey did God ever leave or abandon us as we live out his will. Our hope and our strength isn't found in one another. It's found individually in our relationship with God. But when we started living as Christians, loving each other for not just our good points, but for our faults as well. We found that God created a relationship for me and my wife that was more pleasurable than any other relationship that I ever had. And I think that that relationship much like yours, is a sign of hope to a lost and dying world. I can't make anyone do the will of God for their own lives. I can only share my faith with you. Know what it is that God's called you to. And with confidence, walk with Christ toward the fulfillment of that goal. And if you do that, you will find peace and hope during struggle. And you will find victory even in the smallest of events. And you will spend your life celebrating the blessings of God. So there you go. On faith, I step forward, trusting that God would provide with only the provision of a passage of Scripture. And then he provided the rest. Will you do the same? Will you accept the call that God has placed upon you, regardless of the circumstance? and move forward into whatever it is God is calling you to. Let us pray. Father God, we prepare to close the service today and thank you for being with us. And, and Father, I just ask that whatever message it is to be heard by us individually, 
let us hear that message and, and not just take it out the door, but, but let us take those words and, and have them written upon the tablets of our hearts that they be a reminder of who we are, who we're to become, but mostly to who you are to us. Give us the courage to, to, to come off the fence, to, to make that decision that we are going to stand with you now and always, that we will walk the path that you put before us with hope and power and all authority that you have given to us through Christ Jesus for the fulfillment of Scripture, for the benefit of your kingdom, and for the abundance of our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we prepare to close with our final hymn, I would like to open the invitation (laughs) to all. The altar is here for you to use. If you need to come forward and, and lay something down, lay it down at the foot of the cross and walk away knowing that you don't have to carry it anymore. If Christ is calling you to something, come forward and answer the call that Christ has put upon your life once for all. Father God, and thank Him, we praise Him. And thank you for all you doing for us. And thank you for praising everyone to drive home safe. And thank you for all you doing for us. And thank you for watching over us. Thank you for all you doing for us. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job. Yes.